this podcast is part of the Dark Myths Collective. Visit darkmyths.org to discover more shows like this one. The Darkness Awaits. It's about to be a fun ride. Follow along, watch as we slide. Paranormal just hit the lights. Goosebumps all through the night. Mixing just a little bit of twain. That girl sure can't do a thing. Together, hillbillies go insane. Laugh so hard it'll hurt your brain. Podcast you won't ever change. These two here, they got the recipe. Sat on back and listen in to some of our darkest mysteries, eh? Welcome to Hillbilly Horror Stories. And now here's your host. Jerry and Tracy Polly and their dog Ninja. Hey guys, and welcome to episode 116 of Hillbilly Horror Stories. I'm Jerry. I'm Tracy. And we have a story that was inspired by our very first live event a year ago. No way. So, of course, we're getting ready as we're recording this. It's the day before our Nashville show, so we had to record it a little bit early. So, unfortunately, we won't have any info on how cool the nashville show was but we can just preemptively say it's going to be awesome (laughs) i'm sure it will be and excited to meet everybody it will and um it just keeps getting better because like i said we get to meet some people and we may have a surprise lunch date that we'll talk about on next week's show if everything goes as planned good i'm excited about that of course we need to give a big shout out to all of our military and civil servants all over the world no matter which country you represent thank you guys god bless you all we pray for you every day thank you for keeping us safe and as usual, if you're going through a tough time in life, uh, we just want to let you know that there's people out there who love and care for you, us being two of them. But uh, we have way more people than you ever realize that uh, care about you being here in this world. So please don't hesitate to pick up a phone and call somebody if you're going through a tough time just to talk. Uh, there are people willing to listen to you. If you don't feel comfortable talking to a family member, there's always the suicide hotline here in the United States, one 800 273 8255 or if you're more of a texter 741-741 all right so i said this was inspired by a a first live event we did now all these little live events like going to nashville and next week going to cincinnati which by the way the cincinnati show has like 10 tickets left Mm -hmm. so nashville was a sellout yep well, it was technically a beyond sellout. Uh, yes, it was. <laughs> we had to I'm find excited. We had to find it. We had to find extra chairs because uh, we oversold a little bit. So, anyways, but you know, hey, the people want to get in, and we're going to find a way to get them in. That's right? exactly right. But anyway, so about a year ago, we got to do. Uh, let's go back a little further okay. than a year ago. Five years ago, we got to go to this event at the the Old Talbot Tavern, which mm-hmm. is in Bardstown. Bardstown's the second oldest city in Kentucky. So that tells you right there how old it is. And this place is awesome. And and the reason we went there is because there's a group of people that I went to high school with that for the last 10 years or so have set up an event there around Halloween time. So it's always Mm -hmm. the last Saturday before Halloween. They rent out every room practically in the place. Uh, Talbot Tavern is a restaurant and a bar and then they've got, what is it, like 12, 13 rooms or no, something No, I don't upstairs. even think it's that much. I think it's only 10 rooms. Yeah, it may not be very many. but uh, So anyways, they invite us out there. And what they do is, is a lot of them spend the night there. And then they uh, and next door is a place called Jailer's Inn, which is now a bed and breakfast. So a lot of them would spend the night between the two of them. They pretty much would rent this, both of these places out. Yeah. And they would have special guests come in. And the night that we were there, Bishop James Long was there. He was a uh, an exorcist. Mm-hmm. And he shared all kinds of cool stories. And then there were some other special guests. 
Well, that was five years ago, and then last year they asked us to be the special guest. So it was a big thrill. Wow, for I us. know, and I can't even believe that's been five years ago. Yeah, it's so much fun, and the the rooms we stayed in were all named after. Well, who do we stay in? I can't even remember. Now. I can't uh, remember the name. Uh, I know the, the uh, president. I mean, uh, uh, well, there was the general's quarters, which is one one of the ones that we'll discuss tonight because we're going to discuss some of the. What in Jackson? Um, I can't remember for I don't some remember. reason, but I'll tell you what. These rooms are very cool, and they're also very creepy. And we got a bunch of pictures that we took while we were there, and uh, I'll, I'll re-grab all these things mm-hmm. and see if I can't repost them since we're revisiting. But they invited us out. We did this. We did the live show. We actually did a live version of the, the Loretta Lynn Mansion, yeah. that we, the plantation that we did. And we were nervous because we screw up a lot when oh, we're yeah, recording. Oh, yeah, and that was our out. first thing, so yeah. And now you're right in front of a group of people, about 30 people, and... But it was really cool. But then that got us thinking that, hey, we, we could probably do more of these things. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, now we're on our fifth or sixth live event. Yeah. Come up, mm-hmm. so. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. For so sure. we think that. Now, Tanya Allen, who, uh, well, Tanya Hines now, mm-hmm. who does some research for us. We talk about her a lot. She was one of the people with this group. And she's going to join us a little bit later because we're going to talk about the old Talbot Tavern tonight. And she's going to come on and talk about the place next door. The jailer's in. Right. So this would be cool. Now, for you people in Na- that got to see us in Nashville, we didn't do the jailer story, so that would be something new for you. So you still get a little extra bonus on mm-hmm. this show. Yeah. So let's talk about the Talbot Tavern. So Talbot Ta- Tavern is obviously a historical landmark, and it's pretty easy to do when you have oh, guests stay there that are like, I don't know, Henry Clay, who was the first governor of Kentucky. Yeah. Might mm-hmm. not mean a lot to some people, but here it was a big deal. Washington Irving. You yep. know who Washington Irving is? He wrote a famous book. It's perfect for this time of year. The Headless Horseman. The Hell Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. So he wrote the Legend of Sleepy Hollow. I just didn't realize that was his name, I guess. Stephen Foster, who most people mm-hmm. will know. And then you got, of course, Stephen Foster wrote My Old Kentucky Home. Sure. And then you got uh, John James Audubon. We talked about him before. He's the guy that did all the bird pictures and stuff like that. And then they've had former presidents like Abraham Lincoln and Andrew Jackson stay there. Yep. So that's a pretty big... I thought Jesse James stayed there. Oh, we're going to get to him. Oh. Quit trying to deflate my balloon. Sorry. Dang. Some other notable famous people who stayed there. The King of France, or I guess I should say the, you know, exiled King of France at the time, Louis Philippe. Oh, yeah. We have his bedroom. I mean, our bedroom suits a Louis Philippe. It is? He designed that. That's his style bed. This that bed that we sleep in? Yeah, that's the, oh. that style bed is called a Louis Philippe. I did not know camp. that. Very interesting. So Louis Philippe was also the Duke of Orleans, and he came here back in October 17th of 1797. Now, the story is that he was roaming all around Europe after he was exiled. Mm-hmm. Eventually, he wore out his welcome and decided to give the U.S. a try. So he was either on his way to Nashville or coming back from Nashville. I'm not really sure because it w- wouldn't really clear. But a trip to Nashville is what made him stop and stay for a little bit here at the Talbot. Now, some of the rooms upstairs at the Talbot, and we've got, like I said, pictures of this that we'll have to go out and dig out. It's painted with a series of murals. From, it's uh, pictures of a French garden mm-hmm. uh, on the walls and stuff up oh, there. Oh, that sounds pretty. He yeah. painted that. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, he was a, a very good artist and, and Oh, wow. He loved Barstown so much that he actually donated like a bunch of paintings to the local cathedral. Very, very cool. Another well-known guest was, of course, the famous 19th century outlaw, as you alluded to earlier, Jesse Mm -hmm. James. 
Now, he spent a lot of time here, and he was the first person to actually report a ghost at the Talbot. Jesse James did? Jesse James. Oh, my gosh. So let's talk about Jesse James for a few minutes before we get too much into uh, uh, the, the ghost part of it. Now, Jesse's got kind of a reputation as a, a good man that was kind of caught up in a bad situation. Mm-hmm. But most of that's just legend stemming from when he robbed a train at one point. Yeah. And when he robbed the train, he refused to um, take from the people that were riding the train. Yeah. He pretty much just stole the cargo. And people were like, oh, he was so nice. He came on there and he... Oh, he well, that's not how they did it on the Brady Bunch. Well, <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that because that's what made me think about it. But see, that's the whole thing. But do you remember that episode of the Brady Bunch? Yes. Who was it? Was it Peter or Bobby? Bobby. Bobby was, was all infatuated, infatuated yeah, mm-hmm. with Jesse James, and then uh, his parents were made him watch like a real documentary, or made him find out that he wasn't all glamour, and that he shot people in the back. And if you remember, right. then Bobby had a dream that he was shooting everybody in the back. Mm-hmm. And remember, they had that old man that actually is on Andy Griffith that. Oh he yeah, he told he him knew, the story. Yeah, told him the story how uh, Jesse James shot his parents or something like that. Right. Yeah. Well, that's kind of the real take. I mean, I know that's the Brady Bunch, but. Reality of it really is, the way it a was. lot of people felt like he was this do-gooder, mm-hmm. but the reality of it was he was a cold-blooded killer, and he was a Southern sympathizer, which meant basically back in that time, he was one of the people that was 100% for slavery. He was like, uh, hated the fact that the Confederates uh, lost to the, the mm-hmm. Union soldiers in, in the Civil War and all that stuff. Matter of fact, he took part in what they call the Centralia Massacre in Kansas, where he and a bunch of other people dismembered and scalped many of the victims. Oh, wow. It's also believed that he took part of the Lawrence, Kansas Massacre, where 200 men and boys were both killed without mercy. Oh, my gosh. You see, that is not cool. I don't like him at all. Now, we mentioned that he was a, a Southern sympathizer, and this was... I guess it created like an over overdeveloped sense of uh, vengeance yeah. that he had. It's, it's actually led him to kill a bank teller in his very first bank robbery because he thought that this guy, uh, it was a mistaken identity, but he thought this guy looked like somebody who killed his superior officer during the war. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so he, he just thought. So yeah, he just he thought killed him. So he killed him. That's ridiculous. He uh, got a lot of publicity off of the stuff that he did and the little stunts. and But to give you the Southern Sympathizer thing, mm-hmm. when he robbed that train that we were talking mm-hmm. about where he didn't rob the passengers, he wore KKK robes <gasps> during the time that he did that. That filthy, disgusting man. So let's get back to the Talbot and where Jesse comes in. But I thought it would be kind of cool to tell a little bit about Jesse James. and Yeah, you know, I did not even know all that. Oh, yeah. He shot all kinds of people in the back. And, uh, yeah, just oh, not my a, goodness. So back to the Talbot, Jesse, James, and, and her, where it comes in. Jesse had several uh, relatives that were in the area, according to uh, his cousin, who actually worked at, right beside him at the old jail. That's the jailer's in now. Mm-hmm. His cousin worked there. Oh. He was a jailer at the old jail. And, of course, it's right next to the Talbot, so he would go drink at the Talbot and then go mm-hmm. over and hang out with his brother. Yeah. Like, so now that's in the end, and you can spend a night there, and it's cool. So it's got the stockades out front where you yes. can go put your arms and oh, stuff. Oh, we did pictures. that, too. Mm-hmm. Now, Jesse made several visits to the jail to visit his cousin, who went on, actually, to become a very respectable sheriff by the name of Donnie Pence. Now, Jesse obviously loved his friends and family in the area, but you know what he loved more? Bourbon. Bourbon? Yeah, he mm-hmm. loved his bourbon, so he would drink at the Talbot 
all the time. And that's going to tie in to our famous story involving Jesse James there at the Talbot. So one night, after he drank a lot, he decided he was going to go to bed. Well, he was startled by something in his room. Now, some people say he saw an intruder and, and fired his gun at him, only to see the figure just vanish. So another story says that the mural, the one that was painted by Louis Philippe that we talked about, mm-hmm. came to life. So Jesse pulled out his gun and he fired on butterflies <laughs> that were in the picture that he said came to life. Oh, <laughs> surely he wasn't trying to <laughs> shoot at a butterfly. Either way, the wall still has the bullet holes in it that are still there today. We and We actually saw, saw that. that. And we got pictures and all that. And that, picture, that, that room itself is actually known as the Jesse James room. So then you got the general's quarters room. Now, the general quarters room is aptly named because it got its name from General George Patton, who most people will know. He, he stayed at the Talbot for a while when he was stationed at nearby Fort Knox back in the day before the war, World mm-hmm. War II. And then you got George Rogers Clark. You've heard of him, right? Yes. I thought you, aren't you? No, you're right. You're related to Zachary somebody. No. I thought you were related to one of those presidents. No. Floyd Collins. Oh. Oh, that's the guy in the mine. The cave. I mean, the cave. I'll shut up now. Go ahead. Sorry. It just made me think about that. <laughs> the funny story about uh, George Roger Clark is that he never paid the Talbot, so he still has a bad debt because the government didn't pay him. This was right after the... He right, skipped out yeah, on this, paying his bill? Well, he didn't skip out. They just... He didn't give... I mean, I guess he did. This was after the... Right around the time of the Revolutionary War. Yeah. So, that well, goes way back, like, 1776. Ooh, just think what he know right now. Was. I know it. George Talbot, who it's named after now, he acquired the inn in 1886, and by 1889, six of his children had all died within the walls of the tavern. Why? Well, two of the deaths were particularly tragic. Not that any death's not oh, yeah, tragic. yeah, of course. One passed away after falling down the steps, oh, or the man. stairs. You remember that big stairway that yes. led up? Right mm-hmm. down the nose? Mm-hmm. Mrs. Talbot has been seen several times floating around the tavern and up the stairs, all dressed in white. Now, the ghost of a little girl has also been seen scurrying around the dining room. One guest felt a child spooning her in the general's quarters. Aw. Spooning. Spooning. So George Talbot gave the tavern its its current name, obviously. It was originally called the Heinz Hotel and later the Newman House. It's the oldest continuously operating stagecoach inn west of the Allegheny Mountains. How about that? Mm Mm-hmm. That's one they won't show on Jeopardy. Yeah, you know that's right. <laughs> For those of you who aren't actually from around like the Barstown area, Barstown is also the bourbon capital of the world. Just yes. a little fun fact. So the oldest part of the hotel was built of two-foot-thick stone walls. It's got this heavy-aged ceiling timbers that's made from a technique called Flemish Bond Masonry. Georgia added a new wing onto it, and it's made of brick. He also broke up the th- the main floor because it only had two rooms. It had a men's like bedroom uh-huh. and a woman's bedroom. So that's but we went back from the colonial area. So. Well, it sounds like a sturdy, sturdy room. But I yeah. mean, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Good. All right. So in 1998, the Talbot had a devastating fire. The roof and most of the second story was badly damaged. Some of the murals were even damaged and haven't been completely restored today, which we saw some of the fire damage. Yeah, we on. did. I mean, I bet that would cost a fortune to do that, to there, restore that. There was some extensive rebuilding done, and the Talbot reopened in 1999. 
Now, the Old Talbot Tavern has always been known for ghost stories that are told by locals, guests, and even employees. The most famous ghost, supposedly, is Jesse James. The other famous ghost, now hold on to your hat, the Lady in White. (laughs) (laughs) Both of these appear as apparitions. Now, other stories include round balls of lights that kind of move around the rooms, and they just kind of... Mm -hmm. Almost like a meditation type thing. Yeah, just like hover over things. or. Right. Now, this normally only happens after midnight, though. Oh, okay. So there's also flashes of light that resemble like a camera flash, but there are no cameras that are present during the time. Some more stories will involve objects that move around the room without any rhyme or reason, such as forks or glasses on dining tables that move without anybody touching them. And there's a cool story about that coming up a little bit later. Keys will sometimes go missing, then you know, from the front desk area, but then they'll turn up somewhere down the hall later, just laying in the floor. Huh. Just laying in the hallway, huh? Yep. Furniture's been known to jump up and down. Jump around. Jump around. Some How the heck does that even happen? I don't know. Some people have seen shadows walk from out of the dark corners into the light and then disappear. There are also plenty of... Um, I guess things that are heard as well. So sounds that are most heard are music, clocks chiming out during the late midnight hours, which I don't find that that amazing because no. if you've got a grandfather clock or yeah, something, that's what they that's do. What they do, yeah. <laughs> now, <laughs> look, I'm sorry I didn't mean to bust out laughing, but. If you could see Jerry's face, Ninja has been farting so bad that it is like taking his breath away. And it is really potent. I mean, it's really, really potent. And I already have a cold. Yeah. So. And if it can get through his cold smell, you know it's really strong. So, sorry about the interruption there. You okay now, babe? Yes. Okay. So, you also hear doors open and closing when there's no one else in the building. Lots of footsteps. They're seen and heard, or mm-hmm. not seen, you can't see a footstep. Footstep, no. But they're heard all hours of the day, so it doesn't matter if it's daytime, nighttime, nighttime you can hear yeah. them at any point in time. Mm-hmm. you got phantom knocks on the door that are often reported by the guests. When they go to the door, there's no way there, and there's nobody anywhere in the hall. And, of course, you've seen that. The, the hall was not much. <laughs> uh, no, it's not very big at all. No, it's not like a regular hotel. Yeah, this is a very no. small mm-hmm. setup. There's an old piano that's sometimes seen playing by itself, and voices will call out from empty areas. And then the uh, piano, by the way, that's there, uh, it's not a player piano, so it's not something that could just go off by itself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's a former bookkeeper that tells an awesome story on the night that she was closing down. She said she started up the stairs to uh, take the the bank deposit up to the safe. Uh And she said she was frightened when she saw a man standing in a long coat walk across the top of the landing. So about the time... But she sees this guy. The cook comes along, and he's he's comes out of the kitchen, and he sees the guy. I said he. It could have been a she. Mm-hmm. But either way, it's the cook. The cook saw. Mm-hmm. So they were both surprised because at, at this point of the night, there was not supposed to be anybody in the building, to the best of their knowledge, other than them two. So they go upstairs, and the two followed this guy through several, several rooms oh, and through the hall. They just let him follow? I mean, he didn't, like, acknowledge them? I, I mean, well... Uh, Eventually, they saw him go into the fire escape or out the fire escape door. So they go out, 
and they open the fire escape door. Mm-hmm. And there he is. The bookkeeper and the cook, they're standing there at the door, and they open it, and this guy's just standing there on the fire escape landing, looking at him. He turns around. He faces the bookkeeper. He starts this hideous laugh, and then he disappears right in front of their eyes. Wow, that's amazing. And it's good that they both saw him at the same time. I would have been asking questions. Well, so here she goes. About three weeks later... She's watching, you know, this, this special on TV, a documentary or something, and they show a picture of Jesse James. She grabs her husband's arm and she says, oh, my God, that's the same face that I saw that night. Whoa. Two other employees have claimed to have seen this man walking through the halls at different times. So now you've got several employees that have all seen variations of this apparition. So several people have seen the lady in white as well, though. On one occasion, there was this couple that they left in the middle of the night because they uh, they had a terrifying experience involving mm-hmm. this. So later they called back to say why they had left. And they, they said they both woke up in the middle of the night at the same time to see a lady in white hovering over top of them. Wow. So then you got some employees, you know, or one specific employee of the tavern, that said that, during one of the days, she was getting, you know, everything ready in the dining room for for dinner service. And she said she saw the lady in white just walk through the area. Mm-hmm. She's seen that on three separate times where she just walked through the dining room. So she's just checking on things, I guess, and Apparently. making sure everything was up to par. She said whenever they would go back to try to check her to see where, you know, what was going on, mm-hmm. she, was, she never, was never there, yeah, never anywhere to be found. And she's always dressed the same. So she's got long, brown, wavy hair. And then she's dressed in an 1800-style white dress. So we talked about the fire a little bit ago. Yeah. A few months before the fire in, in 1998, one of the guests was asked to speak uh, to the manager. He came in and he's like, hey, I want to speak to the manager. And he said, okay. And uh, so the manager goes out and talks to him. And he says, hey, I, I kind of need to know are your rooms haunted? Well, he asked why, and, and the guest said, well, during the night, we had these balls of light hovering in our room. He said they, it's like they would just go all around the room, and it woke me up. Mm-hmm. And he said each one were different colors. There was red ones, there was yellow ones, there was white ones. Oh, that's cool. And he said that he tried to get up, but it felt as if something was like holding him down. He said it was like electricity was running through his body, but without any pain. Well, here's the thing about that. He wasn't the first person that had had that happen to as far as a guest had that question. And as far as about the rooms being haunted, there were other complaints that included TVs turning off and on on their own several times during the night. Matter of fact, the heat would get turned up in some of the rooms so hot that the people couldn't sleep. They'd get up, they'd turn it down, they'd wake up again, and it would be so hot they couldn't even breathe. Oh, wow. Guests were coming on on quiet nights, and they would report hearing heavy-booted footsteps uh, or the steps of a child. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of would like to see... Um, I would kind of like to experience that. Like those balls flying around in the in the air and stuff. That I mean, would be cool. 
It would be cool. I mean, as long as they didn't hurt me. <laughs> now, you claim mm-hmm. to have had an experience in the room I we did have in. an experience, and I'm telling you, the the room we were in, we had double beds. I mean, single beds, mm-hmm. twin beds, or whatever I'm trying to say. So Jerry was getting up. He went to the bathroom, but I was asleep in the bed. And I swear, it was like there was somebody staring at me. Well, no, wait a minute. I'm, I'm all wrong. You were still in the bed. That's what it was. You were still in the bed. You were asleep. And there was somebody. I felt like there was just like somebody standing behind me. I mean, it was so real that I actually said, Jerry, are you? I thought maybe he had got up and went to the bathroom or something. I said, Jerry, are you awake? And he said, I'm over here. I'm, I'm in the bed. I'm, you know, but yeah, I'm awake now because you just woke me up. So I'm like, sorry. <laughs> And I said, well, did you just go to the bathroom? And he said, no. He said, I didn't go to the bathroom. And from the later on, the rest of the night, Jerry was in that single bed with me. Yeah. We both were hanging <laughs> off the bed. He had his arm around me, and I'm like, you are not sleeping anywhere else but beside me. It was so real feeling, and it scared the crap out of me. And the night before, me and his sister had taken a picture with all the lights out. We just wanted to see if we could, you know, have anything show up on the on the camera and at the bottom of our bedpost there looked like it was a it looked like a white hand or something that was wrapped around holding on to the bedpost and it scared the crap out of me and becky she was scared too but you can see it you can really see it in the picture so we'll have to we'll have to put that up on um the group page too as well if we can find it but yeah it was so real and I think that's really the only time I've ever experienced anything like that, you know, that felt that real to me. So, Other noises that people have claimed to hear there are like bottles that will clank together or open up, and then they hear a lot of whispering. Mm-hmm. Now, the general quarters we were talking about, it's said to be inhabited by a young girl. Now, we mentioned earlier that guests have felt her spooning them, and this is where that happens more times than not. It's like she's seeking warmth, warmth, warmth somehow, yeah. even in her spiritual right, in her state. Right, spir- So the room's also reported to have a colder-than-normal temperature. On another occasion, there was these three different women, right? They were sharing a room. They were all awoken at the exact same time, and they all saw a mist, a thick mist that was hovering over their bed. They said they couldn't move until the mist kind of gathered itself and it went underneath the door. And then they were able to move. Mm-hmm. They spent the rest of the night in the lobby. Okay. <laughs> so they couldn't move just because of fright or just because they felt like something was holding them? Not really sure, but could be either way. So the misty image of a little girl has been seen sitting on one of the dining room chandeliers that was photographed in 1988. It's reported that these chandeliers would swing for no apparent reasons. The guest in a dining room one time, and this is my favorite story, asked the manager if she could make his fork stop moving. Both the guest and the manager watched the fork balance itself on the rim of the salad plate. Oh, so that is very cool. That's my story on the Talbot Tavern. Well, good job, baby. It was good and interesting. I hope the people in Nashville enjoy it. I hope they do too. I'm sure they will. All right, babe, are you ready to do some uh, Patreons and some iTunes reviews? Of course. Always happy to do those. Have at it. Oh, dang. (laughs) Okay, on iTunes reviews, we have Steph Gizma Diaz, Joker49326, Mad Stormy 
1701, which is Marianne Farley, Nick and Fool, Just Me, 383, Julie Hayes, Angie Y, 1974, Kay LeBron, Big Daddy Logan, and 18 Willer Eric. Thank you guys so very much for your reviews. We so appreciate them more than you'll ever know. You guys are awesome. You guys are awesome. And the Patreons, we have Melissa Steele, Roseanne Robertson, and Deidre Reinhardt. Thank you guys so, so much for your patronage. We really appreciate it. Um, and it means a lot to us that you all do that. So thank and you guys so your much. Your patronage is why we're able to do these live events. Because yes. that's part of the, what funds these trips for us. Right. And we so, so appreciate it more than you i mean it's just amazing that you guys do that so we love you okay so i told you in the beginning that we were going to have tanya hines on i was going to talk about the jailer in mm-hmm. and i think you'll find this story just as fascinating because uh travel channel actually listed the jailer in which is next door as one of the most top 10 haunted places in america wow good so two places side by side yeah. that both have haunted histories all right, Tanya, thanks for telling us your story. Hey, guys, i got a special treat for you tonight. You've heard us talk about uh, Tanya Hines, who does a lot of the research for us going forward, helping make this show as good as it could be in the last well, roughly, I guess, two months since we did the 100th episode. She's helped on, on basically every episode on freeing up some time and giving me some facts that, that maybe I might have missed. So I want to welcome Tanya on board. Tanya, thanks for coming on. Glad to be here, Jerry. Now, with Tanya, some of you are probably thinking, well, why is Tanya coming on? Well, we just did the story of Talbot Inn, and I want to uh, share a little bit of information with you. With the Talbot Inn, I had never had an opportunity to really spend the night there. We did go to an event out there, but Tanya and some friends of hers, they've been having like a yearly Halloween event for the last 10 years or so. And mm-hmm. they have all these guest speakers, and we got to see an exorcist, Bishop James Long, do it out there about five years ago. And then last year, we were blessed in the fact that the show was just really starting to take off, and they asked us to be their special guest. And that was a bigger deal than you would ever realize. But it also kicked off all these live events that we do, because that was the very first one. We'd never thought about it, didn't even think it was something anybody would be interested in. And we had such a warm welcome there, and, and people saying, hey, we'd like to you know, do this again. You were one of the better speakers that we had. We loved this. Everybody loved it. And we thought, well, man, maybe we could start doing some live events. And lo and behold, we would have never thought that had we not been to this event. So thank you so much for uh, you and Carrie and, and Charles for thinking of us and bringing us out there last year. Absolutely. We loved having you. It was a lot of fun. And, you know, just having you there as our friend, too, that was a lot of fun, too. And so. we appreciate that. Katanya and I went to school together. We graduated 30 some odd years ago and, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and lost contact for a long time. And then through comedy, uh, actually uh, did some, some reunion high school reunion shows and got to meet a lot of old high school friends that I've been in contact with for the last heck eight, nine years now. Mm-hmm. So that, right. it was really cool. So here's why we've got Tanya on. So we just did the story of Talbot Inn where Tracy and I spent the night where we had this event at, and it was really cool. But the thing about this place that's different than most of the uh, places that we talk about on here is right next door. And I mean, right next door is a place that's just as haunted, if not more haunted. As a matter of fact, I think when the, uh, the travel channel listed it as a top 10 most haunted places, and that's the, yes. that's the jailer Inn, 
And mm-hmm. Tanya, why don't you share some information about the jail was in as far as the history on where it started and, and the years yes. that it was a jail and stuff like that. The jailer's in uh, right next to the Talbot, so you can get into lots of trouble and just be carted right on over there. Very convenient. The The building that's there now was built in 1819, but before that, the, it's kind of off the road. If you'll notice, it's not in line with the rest of the buildings. It's back off of where the Talbot sits. You know, you'll see it sitting back. That's because originally... From 1797 to 1819, the building was wood, and it was in the front. So that was burned down. In um, 1819, they built the stone building that stands now. The stone building that stands now from 1819 to 1987 was a working jail, 30-inch thick walls built in two parts. There was the front jail, which was built in 1819. And that was functional and and used until 1987, but was used as the jailer's residence until the back part of the jail was was built in 1874. So in 1874, the back jail started housing prisoners, and the front part of the jail was the residence of the jailer. So him and his family would live in the front, and in the back would be the jail. There's also a second story. That, that used to have two cells and a dungeon. The dungeon was for the very worst and most vicious prisoners. Interesting thing about it is, you know, in the day that it was functional, it, was, it didn't have any stairs or anything. They would just take those prisoners up there, up a ladder, let them in through a small entrance on the side, and they were just there. They, they would take the ladder away, and uh, that's where they would stay until they were hung or or whatever was decided to do with them. Even to this day, there are shackles in those, uh, the dungeon room where they would shackle those prisoners there to wait for their ending. (laughs) However, that was, you know, they did a lot of hangings, public hangings. That was a big, people would bring a picnic lunch and sit and, and watch that. They would, you know, get up on the, the, the walls and, and, uh, it would make a day of it. So they, they did hangings, and I believe the last hanging was in 1897. So let me, so, let me ask you this real quick. I know it's a bed and breakfast now, which right. we'll, we'll get into soon enough. But you, talking about the dungeon, is the, is the dungeon area a, a room where you can actually stay in? Yes, it's called the 1819 room now, or the dungeon. It was, it's beautiful. It's a very beautiful room. The, far, the front of the jail, the front jail is now the jailer's inn, and the back jail has remained the way it is, so you can take a tour back there. Still, you know, like it was in the day, but uh, that's the 1819 room, and it's very, very nice room to stay in. At one time, just, you know, we'll get back, we'll get to this, but there was a jailer named Miss McKay, and when she used the area to season her hams, <laughs> she would hang her hams back there, you know, to to dry or whatever they do to hams. So tell me a little bit now about the actual hauntings that go on there. What makes this place so creepy that it makes a top 10 list on, on Travel Channel? Well, you know, it's got most of the general things, disembodied voices, the piano plays on its own, children laughing, you know, because there were children there. The jailers' uh, children would stay there. The most famous ghost of them all is probably Martin Hill. Story goes that he was just a real scoundrel. He killed his wife. He had come home. 
He was drunk. He was trying to beat her. She ran from him. She ran to one of her neighbors and they, you know, he's banging on the door. You got to come out, you know, and they were like, please leave her alone. Go, go sleep this off, Martin, you know, go away. And, and he, he threatened to kill them if he didn't, they didn't let her go. So she came out and he killed her. It was found that she was pregnant. What the reason he, he was just a very violent, horrible human being. And he was, you know, to, to be hung. Ultimately, what happened, though, he got sick and had a horrible sickness. It went on and on for days, crying and moaning. And they'd bring in the doctor. They couldn't find anything wrong with him. He was having horrible abdominal pain. You know, brought the doctor in a couple times, couldn't find anything wrong with him. He just kept on with this horrible death and ultimately died. He is the most famous ghost encounter there. The probably, you know, a lot of people speculate that maybe the abdominal pain was because of, you know, the baby that his wife was pregnant. But he's the most famous. There's also, you know, tales of screams you're here sometimes. There there was a tree out front that you know, the jailers, you know, of course there were a lot of legal hangings, but there were also lynchings. Legend has it, you know, that they would hang people out on that hanging tree out front, and there was a man that screamed one time very loud, and you can hear that inside the jail. That's that's the most, you know, famous one. The, the other one that's really interesting is Miss McKay. She's kind of a, a really cool presence. She was the wife of a jailer. He died, and she decided, well, I can do this. And she, you know, little bitty woman. Uh, ran for jailer and she won hmm. and so she was the jailer for a long time and she was also the one that that put the hams up there in the dungeon <laughs> but you often see her her they say people wake up and see her staring down at them she's probably like what are you doing here <laughs> but you know that she's another one that you know people wake up and see her yeah, it's pretty cool this place because the mccoys bought this back in uh well, 1989 because right after they shut it down in 87 it went on public auction. The McCoy family bought it, and then they restored it and converted it into the bed and breakfast, which I think has been a real win for them because this place seems to always be packed. Yes, it is. And he's it's, a big uh, believer, too, that, that this stuff goes on. He's seen some things himself, right? He denies ever seeing anything, but he does say his pets, you know, will react to things. He has been told a lot of, you know, stories when people will leave, like, you know, this place is haunted. He also reports that he lost an employee who was cleaning one of the rooms one day and looked into the mirror and saw the picture of a very gruff man and was like, oh, my God. So she thought, surely not. And then she looked away and she looked back and it was still there. And she left and never came back. So he has lost at least one employee because of it he like i said he's denying ever seeing anything but here's a lot of things and his animals will react so some of the rooms there the colonial room is mm -hmm. there's some stories with some red globe lights that right are, so tell me a little uh, three o'clock in the morning <laughs> three o'clock in the morning the red globe often will be seen just blinking i don't know what the rhyme or reason to that is but three o'clock in the morning same time every time a red light comes blinking into the room. So with the dungeon room, I would think that with everything that went on there with the shackles, with people just being left up there and being probably the last room they stayed in before they died most of the time, that's probably got some cool stories associated with that, doesn't it? 
That is the most haunted room. I think that one is uh, sees more of Martin Hill than the other ones. You know, chains, sounds, moans, cries. You hear a lot of in that one. Lots of energy left there. Is that the the same room where the woman saw the the guy in the mirror, or was that a different room? You know, that never has been. We don't know the answer to that one. I I would have to get back with uh, Mr. McCoy and find out. Now, we know that Jesse James is often seen next door hanging out at the town, mm-hmm. but has he ever right. been known to be seen there at the jail? You know, I don't know if he's ever been seen there, but I wouldn't be surprised if he was. He was uh, the cousin to Donnie Pence, who was one-time jailer. There are pictures of uh, Jesse James and Donnie Pence and, and Donnie Pence's wife. So, you know, they were definitely family, and he'd hang out over there with at the jailer's. He he seemed to have liked the Talbot and the jailers. You know, he was uh, friends with the jailers. He was an outlaw, but he seemed to got a warm welcome in Nelson County a lot of times. So it does seem to be extremely funny as I'm as I'm doing research on this to see that okay, he's this cold blooded killer, mm-hmm. and yet he hangs out at the jail next door because he's got family right. there. It's just like. I'm all yeah. for nepotism, but <laughs> yeah, a- you can see pictures of him and his cousin there in the in the museum in the back. One of the things I've heard about Jesse James is, you know, he he got a warm welcome in Nelson County because when he would come, he would, you know, he'd come to he'd come to dinner or something, and he would leave a gold coin under his ta- his uh, plate oh, nice. for whoever gave him, you know, whoever had him into their home. Well, I mean, why not? I'm sure he didn't earn it. He probably just took it from somebody else. Why not? Right. That's right. Paying it <laughs> and forward. And he also, you know, he would be hanging out the Talbot, you know, and they would let him know when, you know, that if they got word that, you know, the law was after him, they would let him know and, and he would tell it out of there. So. I wonder if they ever told him like, hey, uh, Jesse, over in room 213, we got this guy that looks like he's got a lot of money. I'm just giving you a tip, you know. Ah, you know, you never know, huh, with hey, that stuff going on. One, one <laughs> so. last interesting tidbit on the jailer's end before we get through with this. Mm-hmm. The courthouse, was there not a tunnel or something that led to yes. the courthouse? Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, actually, that was, there. there's a whole lot of underground things. I don't know if it was with the jail, but with the Talbot there was, there was go and are held down there to go to the courthouse. And that was actually under the Talbot. But as close as they are there together, it was in the Talbot, okay, the courthouse cool. holding. So, Tanya, it's been fun having you on. I'm glad you took the time. And tell us, like I said, I know you've given some tours of the Jailer's Inn, so I thought it would be perfect to have you on rather than me just tell the story. I thought it would be cool to have somebody who's been there. So let's end on this. What have you seen while you spent time at the Talbot? I really haven't seen very much personally, except for the the thing where when I was a little girl, I did uh, go to the jailers as a child. My uh, cousin was a foster child, and the jailer at the time had been his foster son, and they were friends with my family. So I had, I, you know, I kept wondering, you know, I've been here before, I've been here before, I've been here before, because I started hanging out down there, you know, when we started doing these events. And it dawned on me. I was like, oh, my gosh. So I asked my cousin, I was like, is that where we used to go when I was a kid? And I I actually visited there when it was a working jail. And my family friend, you know, lived in the front as the jailer. So didn't see anything, though. Really cool. I don't have, have you spent the night at the jailer's in? I know some of Yes. The, okay, right. you have. I've stayed in every room but two. There's the there's a room out back that is still uh like 
the jail. You know, it's got an Elvis Presley theme, but it is still set up exactly like it was back in the day, except it's decorated. And another room that, uh, the garden room. So there's only two I have not stayed in. So let me ask you this. Like I said, there's a big stone wall around the back. But uh-huh. then there's a cemetery out back also uh, in that vicinity, we'll say. Right. Does that cemetery have anybody in there that was like executed or anything at the prison? Do, or do you know if... I don't think so. But the, the Pioneer Cemetery is amazing. It's got chest tombs and lots and lots of very old graves, you know, somewhere that very definitely warrants uh, a tour if you do go to the Talbot or Jailers. And it I have had some experience there in the Pioneer Cemetery. There's a schoolhouse out there near it, you know, like right next to that. So there's the cemetery and right next to it's the schoolhouse. We had a a girl with us that was doing some, an EVP work and she did, she, and it was short, but it was extremely clear. It was, you know, it was a grade A EVP. And she said, are there children here? And it clearly said, yes, short, but sweet and very intelligent. So well, I know we took some pictures right there in front of the schoolhouse, and everybody had problems getting their pictures to turn out. Yeah, at the schoolhouse. Yeah, so it's it's an, it, that that cemetery. I think is just as haunted as anywhere else, too. So definitely somewhere to visit if you ever do come to Bargetown. Yeah, I'll have to post. A, I took a, a good little video before we left last year walking around. Of course, it was freezing cold, but mm-hmm. we, I walked around and took a bunch of video of a lot of the tombs and stuff like that and the uh, schoolhouse and stuff. I'll, I'll have to repost that for anybody who hears this that didn't get a chance to see that last year. Okay, awesome. Thanks for having me, Jerry. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, and I'll see you soon. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. She was such a good tour guide when we had her. She was. They, uh, wait, wait till you see some of these videos. I'm going to go back and find a video of the cemetery and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Because when you see that schoolhouse, and remember you and Becky had, uh, when you were taking pictures of the schoolhouse, y'all had pictures that wouldn't oh turn gosh. out. Oh, and... Yes, I completely forgot about that. I completely forgot. Yeah, uh, I think it was me taking pictures of Becky or the other way around. I can't remember. It was one of the two, but one of the pictures turned out and the other ones didn't. Yeah, it was very weird. So, guys, thank you so much for giving us a listen this week. We appreciate it, and we hope you enjoyed a little bit of local flavor from our neck of the woods. Yeah, hope you guys enjoyed it. Oh, and I meant to tell you this. This is kind of a a big deal, but, you know, we are sponsoring the resurrection of the bands in E-Town with Daniel Morrison and Daniel Digsit, and he told me today that he's decided that he wants to do that event, which is uh, next Thursday, the 25th in in Elizabethtown. He's going to do that completely free. So if you're in the area, come on out. It won't cost you a penny. Uh, But look it up on Facebook, Resurrection of the Bands, and uh, you'll be able to see some some good live music, some paranormal investigating, and it won't cost you one red cent. We will see you guys next week, and don't forget we will be in Cincinnati Next Saturday night, the 27th, with Twisted Philly, with the guys from Ohio. Only like 10 tickets left, so go to the website and snag them up, and let's have some fun the Saturday before Halloween. Yeah. Hope to see you there.